Welcome to the Grace Life Podcast, hosted by Grace Life Church in Alabama. We're glad you've taken a moment to listen today. If you'd like to get in contact with us, our Facebook page and our website are linked in the show notes. We believe as you listen to the Word of God today that you will be blessed and that your life will be changed. Let's join the service already in progress in the sanctuary with Pastor West. Father, we thank you, Lord, for these United States of America. We thank you for the privilege that we have, that you have blessed us and you have blessed this nation. And Father, we lift up our leadership, our president and vice president, their families, Father, the, the Congress and the Senate. The administration, Father God, those that are connected on the national level and on the state level. And Father, we pray for them and we release, Father God, we released your power and your wisdom upon them, Father God. We speak, we speak answers and we speak godly wisdom and godly counsel for them. We pray, Father God, that they would be separated from anything and anyone, Father God, who is now holding your counsel, your wisdom for this hour. We call those things that would come to destroy, we call them to naught in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for everything and everyone, Father God, even those, Father God, who have an evil purpose. If they do not repent, we pray that they will be exposed to the very source from which they come. We cast down every thought and every imagination and every evil thing, Father God, that comes forth to plot against the plan that you have for this nation. We thank you, Father God, that you're keeping your hand upon this nation and those skirmishes that are trying to take place in North Korea and other places of the world, Father God. We thank you, Father God, that you will silence these things, Father God. And we thank you, Father God, that you will be exalted in you, Father God. We will know and the nation will know and the world will know that there is the God of Israel and there is the God who declares the the very end from the beginning, who watches over his word to perform it. And I thank you, Father God, that this nation will come into its finest hour and the gospel shall be preached to the world, Father God. And then the end shall come and it shall be glorious. And we give you praise for you are a good, gracious and mighty God. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning. We kind of took a a, a little place back into the 90s with our music. Sometimes I think it's better. I don't know. It's just something about some of the new music. It's just, well, I don't know what it is. There's some good stuff out there. Sometimes it's good to take a step back, right? Amen. Sometimes you got to go back and hear a little Elvis every now and then. Praise God. Right? Sometimes, you know, nothing will work but old hound dog. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Jailhouse rock, you know. But anyway, God is good. Glad that you're here this morning. It'll be interesting what we're going to do from this hour. Uh, I believe I said he was here last week and had a really powerful message. Amen. And uh, he said he, he was uh, saying he didn't have nothing. Well, that's, that's not really true in the sense of, uh, you know, uh, but, but, I, but I get that part of it. You know, if, if I were to come to ask you to speak right now, uh, how, many don't, well, how many don't want me to do that right now? You don't want me to come speak? <laughs> would you like, if you were going to, would you like some advance notice? Believe me, if you do this all the time, you would kind of like to know what you was going to do for you got here. It won't change if you're doing it 40 years. Uh, so I, I got a little something. I probably spent more time this week. I just had a really urgency just to, just to spend more time. And so... Uh, uh, but yet, you know, kind of when you minister and it's like it, you know, the light don't shine on it. It's like, yeah, that's good. And that's like, eh, it just don't seem like that's it. Uh, I got something at, at 1013 in my office this morning. 
little, little something. And I said, thanks. But anyway, <laughs> so I'm just like you, you know, if it was your first time, you, you kind of like to have some more insight to it. I'm going to go to Mark chapter four for just a moment. And uh, I do know as of 10, 13 this morning, uh, what God did last week here and said last week, he wants to tie to this week. And so I'll just, I'm really trusting the Holy Ghost that he, uh, that he gives us the, uh, the utterance to say it and it all ties together. Um, it's important to have those times. I appreciate the time that I do have to, uh, to give myself to study and prayer. Uh, the, there was, uh, you know, Acts 6 talks about that. It talks about there was, uh, <clears throat> there was complaining in the church. And I said, I can't imagine. But anyway, <laughs> and uh, because there was neglect among the daily widows. So what they did about it, <coughs> It was uh, so they called the multitude together and they talked about the situation and uh, they said it's not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, look out among you, seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. In other words, this is going to be people working in the ministry of helps. Also notice that if you're going to work in the ministry of helps, you need to be honest. Of course, that was a long time ago. You think it's changed? So for the helpsman, he said, you need to be honest and you need to be uh, full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Huh? Amen. Who, uh, because they're appointed over God's business. Amen. You ever thought about that? The ministry helps. Did you know that the, did you know the nursery is God's business? That's right. Amen. Amen. We'll be shocked when we get to heaven to see what, how nursery workers live eternity. There might be a mighty ministry. I mean, there's no bad places in heaven, but compared to some nursery workers, some ministers might be living in some lean-tos. I don't know. But look here. Look, he says, so you have to look out, find these people who are honest, full of the Holy Ghost, and people who are full of wisdom to point over this business so that we may give ourselves continually to prayer and to ministry of the Word. And this saying pleased the whole multitude. Imagine that. Everyone was pleased. With what was said. Mark chapter 4. Uh, and I don't think we're reading Mark chapter 4 for the purpose of understanding Mark chapter 4. As if you were teaching about the parable of the sower. It's the principle, I think, of what he wants to do today and say that he just needs us to read Mark chapter 4. Mark 4 is a wonderful chapter. Matter of fact, you know, you can read it in Matthew 13, uh, Matthew's account. And you can read it in the other uh, Gospels. But um, Jesus made uh, a statement to his disciples after he was teaching to people. Because his disciples had no clue what he was teaching either. Amen. Just, just no clue. Right. It's like some books I read before. You, you ever read a book? And then, and, or you start to read a book and you read a paragraph and you think, what was, what did he say? And you have to go back and try to absorb it again and, uh, and get it again. I do that with Bill Johnson's book sometimes. I was like, yeah, that's good, I, I think. What do you say? <laughs> and I have to go back and pour over the whole thing again and again and again. And someone said, well, he, this is what he meant. I said, well, I wish he would have just said that. <laughs> I, I, I'm just so simple, I guess. And, uh, but I did go to school. And here, Mark chapter 4, 
uh, Jesus talked about that principle. He said, if you do not understand this principle and uh, this parable, he said, then you'll never know how the kingdom of God works. Um, I don't know. It's been said that there's 40 parables in the scriptures. And this is the mother of all parables. So he said, if you do not understand this, you will not understand this parable. Neither, neither will you understand the principle of any of 40 more just like it. Because it's how the kingdom of operates. Now, the kingdom of God operates by law, right? right? Just like we have laws in this small city, we have laws in the state, country, and in the nations. And if, 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 the, if the law doesn't work here, in other words, if gravity works here, but it doesn't work in Vermont, then it's not a law. Right. If gravity works in, you know, Sacramento, but it doesn't work in San Diego, then it's not a law of God. Right. If it worked in the United States, but it didn't work in Australia, then it would not be a law. It would, it would be a phenomenon. Right. There's, there's the law of God and there's the law of faith and several such laws. So Jesus talked about, you need to have understanding of this. And uh, we don't have time for, for such, well, I don't know, we may have plenty of time, so that's all I know to do right now. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> But I, I do know when you read in different translations, he said, behold, get this. And, or, or some translation says, verily, verily. Right. That means most emphatically listen to what's about to be said. Pay close attention to this. Oh, that's, all I'm, that's the biggest buildup I can give it right now. I, I'm going to be reading from the Amplified, so it'll be a little bit louder this morning. Uh, verse 1, Jesus began to teach beside the lake. There was a great crowd gathered about him, and so he got into the ship in order to sit into the sea. And the whole crowd was at the lakeside on the shore. He taught them many things in parables, which is illustrations and comparisons. But besides truths to explain to them in his teaching, he said to them, Give attention to this. Behold, a sower went out to sow. And he was sowing, and some seed fell among the path, and birds came and ate it up. Other seed of the same kind fell on ground full of rocks. It had not much soil, and it once sprang up, but it had no depth of soil. The sun came up, and it was scorched, and because it had not taken root, it withered away. Other seed of the same kind, parentheses, of the same kind. In other words, the seed's still the same, isn't it? The sower's still the same. Okay. Fell among the plants, and the thistles grew and pressed together, Utterly choked and suffocated it, and it yielded no grain. Other seed of the same kind. Same seed, same sower. <laughs> Fell into good, well-adopted soil and brought forth grain growing up and increasing and yielded up 30 times as much, 60 times as much, and 100 times as much had been sown. And he said, he who hath ears to hear, let him be hearing. Let him consider and comprehend. As soon as he was alone, those who were around him with the twelve apostles began to ask him about the parables. He said unto them, To you it has been entrusted the mystery of the kingdom of God. Now see there, he's, they thought he was talking about planting. They thought he was doing an agriculture class. He let class out. You know, someone's got to teach the first grade. Someone's going to teach them the eleventh grade. Someone's going to teach the multiplication tables and someone's going to teach calculus. Right. He, let the, he, let, he let those go. 
And they thought, well, what was, I, I mean, I, I, I just wondered what some of the people thought who was there before the crowd left. And they thought, well, we've heard about this Jesus and we went out there to, to beat him and he was talking about planting seed. And, uh, and then he kind of ended the meeting. A bunch of them left, right? right yeah. And uh, I, I wonder what they thought. And uh, so as soon as there's a long, his apostles come to him or the disciples at the time, there was no apostles here. And uh, he said, this is being explained to you, the mystery of the kingdom of God. That in the secret counsels of God, which are hidden from the ungodly. But for those outside of your circle, everything becomes a parable. So Jesus could teach. He could teach someone. And the way he taught it was for those who was on the inside, they get it. For those who's on the outside, they didn't have a clue what he was talking about. See if I can remember this old story. I um, hope I don't mess it up. But there was a, uh, it's a true story, and I forget where it was at a number of years ago, but it was uh, during wartime where jobs were certainly not plentiful. So when you put out something in a paper, then you would have hundreds come. And it was just to fill one job. And so there was, they said, for this one type of office job from a, a firm uh, during uh, actually Depression times around the war, they said, uh, they had uh, almost a thousand applicants, and uh, they had uh, they were interviewing them one by one, and uh, there was a guy that came there, and uh, he was a Christian. He was saved, full of the Holy Ghost, and he said that morning the Lord told him to get up and go to that interview and told him what time to be there. He was there, and he was uh, about uh, he was about two hundred and I think they said fifty people away from his time for an interview. Which makes for a long day, I'm thinking. Yes. And all of a sudden, within minutes, he runs in. He, he, he runs out of his place in line. and He runs through past the 200-some people. And he runs into the, the man's office and shuts the door behind him. <laughs> Everyone's amazed and a little bit angry. And uh, two or three minutes later... The owner of the firm comes out and says, everyone can go home. The job has been filled. Uh, this man here has been hired. And there was a revolt going on. And uh, there was such a revolt that they said, this guy was hundreds away. This is not fair. He said, no, he's the only one qualified for the job. He said, he has certain responsibilities and that, that I need for this job. And so what I did is I sent out Morse code. And they, he said, what you, what you all heard, if you heard anything among yourself, he said, is you just heard some bump, 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 bump. He said, but I said to them, if you can hear this now, come in and answer, the job's yours. Jesus said, I can, teach to, I can talk to a lot of people, but not everyone will hear me. He said, they have ears to hear and they have eyes to see, but they're not all hearing and seeing. And he said, and they're in the same room. Yes. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm using, I'm the, I'm the same sower. And he said, and I'm using all the same seed, but three out of four is never getting it. That's kind of sad, isn't it? Yeah. Now watch here. He said, so I want to reveal the mystery of the kingdom of God to you. In order that he might indeed look, verse 12, but not see, perceive that he may hear, but not grasp and comprehend, lest happen. He said, but they could turn, you see. 
In other words, they're not hearing and seeing, he says, but lest they, they could hear and not grasp and comprehend, lest happily they should turn again and willfully, and their willful rejection of the truth, that it would be forgiven them. And he said to them, do you not discern and understand this parable? How, how is it possible for you to discern and understand all parables? So here, 40 parables in the scriptures of Jesus. And he said, if you don't get this parable, you won't get any of them. So he begins to explain it to him. He says, so verse one, the sower sows the word. The ones along the path are those who have the word sown in their hearts. Now we know that the, the, we know that he was talking about soil because he was using the parallel, right, of uh, sowing, natural sowing. But now he's talking about the word is what's being sown. And the ground it's being sown to is your heart. But when they hear, Satan comes in about three weeks later. Oh, I'm sorry. I, that was the reverse translation. Not, not the revised. <laughs> no, that was reverse, reverse from the truth. As soon as the word comes, Satan comes immediately to take away from them something that is sown. Now that to me would have to be something of major importance that it gets the attention of Satan and he needs to do something about this immediately. You ever thought about it? He didn't wait two or three weeks. What is it going on that the kingdom of God knows about and Satan knows about that it grabs his attention in such a way that he needs to come do something with this immediately? Must be something important, right? Okay. In uh, verse 16, in the same way, the ones sown upon stony ground are those who, when they hear the word, that it, when they hear it, they receive it and they welcome it. Actually, they welcome it with joy. But they have no root in themselves, so they endure it for a little while. When trouble or persecution arises, on account of what? Oh. You ever felt like you had more than your share of trouble? Huh? Yeah. In a time where you was actually trusting the Lord? Yeah. I'm not talking about you was good in behavior. I'm just talking about you was actually trusting the Lord. Yes. And uh, you, you, you're, you're believing him and you're trusting him, right? Yes. And, and then all this persecution breaks out. You know when someone's in the hands of God? Yes. What's that old song, you can run but you can't hide? Right. Just let them run for a little while. Now, we have people in this room who's run a few marathons. I'm not one of them. <laughs> That'd be the quickest way for me just to go ahead and die at this age, just to run one of those. But I could run for a while. Wiles kind of would need to be defined. <laughs> they wouldn't need water every three or four miles. I'd never see three miles. <laughs> First would come them little white stars. <laughs> then would be the collapse. And then there'd be Jesus. <laughs> so, uh, but the good thing is I know that. <laughs> so I don't put myself in that situation. So here, I, what, what verse are we on? Which one? Are y'all sure? Six, 17. They have no root in themselves. I don't know why I asked y'all anyway. <laughs> Say people get off, don't they? Yeah, so th they become offended. Watch here. Uh, when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, they immediately are offended. 
So you, 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 you're arguing with someone, right? But they're not arguing with you. Your, your fight's not with flesh and blood. Right. It's coming through flesh and blood. But they're offended at the word. Because right. you're holding up the righteous standard of the word. And they at this moment don't want to comply to it. Right. And they fall away. Yep. Well, you could do a study though of the disciples. I mean, Paul, Paul had a falling out with some of his own disciples. Uh, was it Mark? And he said, I don't have no use for you right now. But at a later time, he found use in him. Yeah. Paul said, I don't need to take someone on a missionary journey with me, and they're quitting. So go somewhere else. You said, that's kind of harsh. Well, if you're, you're on a missionary, you know, if I'm in a foxhole, and there's artillery out there and bullets, and, and I need someone behind me, I don't need you fainting or crying. I need you shooting. That's right. <laughs> right? Uh, I don't need you pulling hand grenade pins and it falling at her feet. Uh, I need someone qualified behind me. Amen. So Paul said, I have no need of you right now. You're, 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 you're not help to me. So go somewhere else. Well, uh, God didn't dispose of him. He, he went his way with, with, with another apostle and maybe their personalities clicked together better. You know, I, I think Paul, if, you, if we ever knew him, I think, you would, I think that we'd be sure to say he had a strong personality. I don't think you ever had to wonder what Paul's thinking. Right. You know, sometimes you, some people have a personality, you've got to pull things out of them. You, you know what I'm talking about? They're, they're just, it's not that they're not thinking, they don't have thoughts and ideas, but they're, they're kind of a, they're, 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 they're real quiet. Yeah, they're, they're reserved, and you kind of have to pull information out. And then there's some people you don't have to pull on them at all. <laughs> it's just, you know, if they're thinking it, they're going to tell you. And we have all types and we need all types. So he said they become offended, displeased, indignant, resentful. They stumble and they fall away. Now, who's doing the teaching? Has Jesus ever been wrong? No. Let's continue reading. The ones sown among the thorns are others who hear the word and the cares and the anxieties of the world Distractions of the age and the pleasures and delight and the false glamour and the deceitfulness of riches and the cravings and the passionate desire for other things creep in. And all this, what does it do? It chokes and suffocates the word so that the word becomes fruitless. That's another way of saying there's a lot of carnal folks out there. Yeah. Which means there's a lot of carnal Christians. Yeah. Right. You, you either live in a flesh life or you live in a spirit life. I'm not talking about believers and unbelievers. I'm talking about believers at this moment. Amen. Right? The Bible says walk in the spirit and you'll never have to feel the, the lust of the flesh. Right. Why? Because he'll, he'll empower you. In other words, the Amplified would say, it says be controlled by the spirit. Whose control are you under? Because if you're not in, under his control, you're out of control. That's right. But if you're under his control, then you're controlled by his desires. And if you're not, it's not his desires. It can be a good thing, but not a God thing. Right. Hmm? Amen. You know, Galatians 6 talks about don't be weary and well-doing, for in due season you shall reap. But before that, it talks about you either sowing to the flesh or you're sowing to the spirit. One gives you life, one gives you death. And whatever you sow, that's what you're going to get. We just receive an offering with that, which is okay, but that's not really what he was talking about so much. He was talking about you're, you're sowing to the 
to the carnal flesh part of life or in other words, you're tied just to this world and you're tied to all your senses and how you feel and what it looks and what they think and how does this look on me and all this and how come they didn't. Or your, your thoughts are generated to him. You, you, in a situation, you're not thinking, you know, what do I do about this? Or you, you're not thinking, or like uh, Curry Black would say, you're, you're not thinking, which I always thought this was good when he said, you're not thinking what does the word say about it. You're thinking what the word says. Did you get that? Yes. In other words, you got a situation. It's, 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 I guess it's still a good thing to think, what does the word say about it? But that's not where you want to be. There's a, better, there's a higher place than what does the word say about it? The best thing to do is to say, instead of, instead of thinking, what does the word say about it? You're thinking what the word says. Amen. Thank you. So what verse are we on now, Clyde? 19. Claudette. We're going to 19. Going 20. People need a lot of help. Thank God for good help. Those that are sown on good, well-adapted soil are the ones Jesus said, who will hear my word. They receive my word. They welcome my word, and it bears fruit. Right? Now, how do we hear the word? What do y'all think? This is one way. Another way is when you're reading it. Right? Another way, another way is when someone's preaching you the word. Another way is when God sends someone to you to tell you something. Maybe it doesn't line up with what you want. Right. Is there someone who can speak God's word and direction into your life that's opposite of what you're doing and you'll change what you're doing? My experience most times is no. Matter of fact, in 23 years experience, start, this is my 23rd year starting this month. I found very few people, very few, that's going in this direction that I was used to go say, don't do this. God says, do this. And they would not change course. Hmm? They would say, well, I can't because so-and-so. <clears throat> you know, that, that's that old thing about, but, but I can't because of this. In other words, their can't's bigger than anything that you're telling them because they don't see it as coming from God. And if they do, they, they still, their thing's bigger than God's thing. I mean, that's the little thing I was telling you today about, about Andrew Womack. And if you're an animal lover, don't get mad. I'm just, it's just, it's kind of a joke. But he's trying to make a point to it. And then people say, well, you know, they, Andrew Womack was talking about being in a meet somewhere. And, and someone said, uh, they got to meet him and said, you know, we, God wanted us to talk to us about coming to your Bible school three years ago. But we just, we just couldn't come. And uh, he said, why? He said, well, we have these two dogs and they're just, they're just, you know, we kind of, you know, we won't have time before in school and we got to work and they need attention and all this kind of stuff. And we just, you understand, he said, no, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. They said, what do you mean? He said, you lost me back there. You lost me in your conversation when you said God told you three years to come and you didn't. Right. They said, yeah, but it's the dogs. He said, they said, what are we going to do with the dogs? He said, shoot them. <laughs> <laughs> now, did he mean shoot him? No. 
Yes, he did. No, that's kidding. That's kidding. That's kidding. No, no, no. no he, didn't, he didn't mean shoot him, right? But, but what's bigger than the will of God? Two dogs. Hmm? And I understand dogs can be man or woman's best friend. Because I've never met anyone wagging their tail when I drive in the driveway but a dog. <laughs> your dog knows most of your human faults and still likes you. <laughs> Very few people are wagging their tail when you come in and licking your feet and your hands. <laughs> and calling you master with everything in their eyes. So now he didn't mean shoot them. See what I'm saying? Uh, so someone asked him, what well, did that Two people come to, uh, they said, did those people come after, you, after Andrew had that conversation with him? They said, no. Uh, are they in the will of God? No. The Christians say, but Jesus can't use them. Right. So what, is, what does Jesus do with Christians that won't work with him? He leaves them alone and goes somewhere else. Right. right? He doesn't quit loving them. He just said, won't be using you for this. Yeah, can't use you. Exactly. You're, 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 you're just not workable. Catherine Kuhlman always said, I wasn't God's first choice or second choice. Both, uh, she said her words was the first and second choice was a man, and both of them wouldn't, and God used me. And I told him I didn't have anything that I knew to offer. I don't have any natural gifts. But if you can take nothing and make something out of nothing, then all this nothing is available to you. And God said, I can use that. Amen. And people are still reading their books. Amen. What verse are we now on, Clyde? 21, thank you. Going in 21, and he said unto them, Is the lamp brought in to be put under a peck measure or under a bed and not be put under a lampstand? For things hidden temporarily only as a means to revelation, for there's nothing hid except to be revealed, nor is anything temporarily kept secret except in order that it may be known. If any man hath ears to hear, let him be listening and let him perceive and comprehend. Watch here, this verse. This is, this is a great verse. And he said to them, and so he's saying to you, and me. Be careful what you're hearing. The measure of thought and study that you give to the truth that you're hearing will be the very measure of virtue and knowledge that's coming back to you. And more besides will be given to those of you who are hearing. For to him who has more will more be given. Or him who has more will be given. For him who has nothing, even what he has, Nothing will be taken away by force. And he said the kingdom of God is like a man who scatters seed on the ground. He continues sleeping, rising night and day while the seed sprouts and grows and increases. Thank you, Lord. I know I'm here. That's good. I like it. <laughs> okay. Then, the, then he can, this man, when, when the seed is what? Sown in the ground, the man sleeps and rises night and day. And the seed sprouts and grows and increases. He does not know how. And I am of that. I am that man who does not even care. Right. Right. You know, I really don't have. Bill does. So it's people like me that gives him an income. I do not really know why or how when you turn a key this way in a car. I don't know what has to happen for it to crank and move and do its job. How, how many would be honest? Some of you have a working knowledge. How many like me? You have no idea how that works. Be honest. How many of you don't care that you don't know? <laughs> how many are glad that Mr. Bill knows? 
Amen. You have either accepted the seed of God or rejected it. That's good. Amen. You've either received it, welcomed it, and took it into well-adapted soil, and it's growing. And it's been growing even while you're sleeping. Man, I like things that's working and multiplying while I'm doing nothing but sleeping. Huh? It's okay to get some results while I'm working, but we're getting results while we're sleeping. The purpose of the seed is what? A harvest. Is there any other purpose of a seed? No. If you go to Genesis 1, he talks about the seed. God gave him, he gave him seed and he gave a ground and he gave a command. After, after Noah's time, he said, uh, he, he, God made a command into the earth. He said, as long as the earth will remain, there'll be seed time and there'll be harvest time. There'll be cold and winter and summer and heat. And so there's no mystery to it. It depends on what region you're in a part of the world that you're in, but if you, if you, if you sow the seed of tomatoes, then you're going to get... Is there, any, is there any possibility that you're going to get anything other than tomatoes? Is there one chance in 10 billion that you could get anything other than tomatoes? You're, you're sure of that? Can I talk you out of it? If you sow corn, same way, yes. cantaloupe, yes. cucumbers, yes. you believe that. Yes. That's a law, isn't it? Yes. See, we, we believe the law that we see with our eyes. Right. Do we believe this one? You are the seed of God. Amen. Everyone here old enough, that word is the word sperma. Amen. You know what it means? And that's where conception comes from. You've already been seeded. You've already been spermed. God intends to get a harvest from you. Hmm? No one got into this world by chance. You've been seeded for God. Um. You've been chosen. We could go look at this everywhere. There's some things that need to be prayed and released out. Um, we won't go there. Uh, Daniel, I think it's 9 and 10, records two prayers. Daniel is reading the, the, the scriptures and he, he sees about the captivity, the Babylonian captivity, and he sees that God declared the end of that from the very beginning. God's order, and he is a God of order, he always declares the end of something before it begins. Always. That's right. Amen. Uh, sometimes we think we're working on our vision to bring it to something. We are wrong. We are never working in your vision. We are never working in our, in our vision, our goal to bring it to a day 
God is in God is just now. He's not tomorrow and he's not the next day. God is just now. So your seed and your harvest is now because God is faith and faith is now. So he sees the whole thing in our earthly thinking. We're working towards and this this, uh, <clears throat> you know, destination, we'll call it a journey. And there are steps to it. And we just sing a song about rejoicing the steps. There are steps. We'll really get this one. I know when we get to heaven. But it, it, you are in Christ already complete. Yes. Amen. Now, the worst thing that you could do and I could do is um, look, at, look at your situation today. Whether it be your finances, whether it be your home life and relationships, look at your children or grandchildren, whatever it is, <clears throat> and see how <clears throat> all that's working and come up with an answer. Yes. If things are working great, don't look there. Because it'll change. Uh -huh. If things are terrible in your life today, <clears throat> it's going to change. Would you plant corn? Would you, would you diss the ground and, and, and get rid of the debris and uh, put the rose out and go buy the seed and water it and put it together and then go dig it up four days later to see if anything's working? Why, why wouldn't we do that? Unbelief. Doubt. But the other part is we understand there has to be a germination process. Right? right? right. Just from, from a natural. I mean, in other words, whether it's uh, uh, people, uh, a woman conceives, she's not going to give birth in two months. Right? It's going to be basically nine, right? Uh, and so is it wrong to say, uh, Let's just say she knows in four or five weeks that she's conceived. Is she pregnant? Is there evidence? Is there outside evidence? No. She could tell the whole world she's pregnant. No one could see it. The whole world could disagree with her. Who's wrong? The whole world. Because she's, she's conceived. Right? In other words, God could say, you're this or you're that. God could say you're a prophet or prophetess. And no one can see it. That just means God sees in you what no one else sees. Amen. That's right. Amen. That just means it's, it's, it's under construction. Yes. God could say you're a home builder. You could be barren without children and God say you're, you'll have three children. Right? right. It's, it's in the plan and the purpose of God. Yes. Right? And if we cooperate with him, right, then we'll have the, the end result. And so right. the purpose of the seed is to bring about a harvest. Genesis 1 said the seed has within it, it's inherent, inherent within the seed is the, the end of the result of that seed. It, it, it bears within the seed the power, the capability to cause that. Now, what dominates what? 
Well, what determines what it's going to be? If you have cucumber seed, what determines whether it's going to be cucumber? Is it the seed or is it the ground? Seed. It's the seed. So that Charles Capps would teach it this way years ago. The, the dominion principle is the cucumber seed determines what's going to be the ground, but it'll never be ground without, it'll never be cucumber without, without the ground. Right? You, you, you can't have cucumbers. You can have cucumber seed, but you'll never have cucumbers without ground. But you can have ground, but you can never have cucumbers without the seed. So Jesus said uh, he sowed seed into ground in order to produce a harvest. The seed is the word of God. You could go over and teach it like from the spirit of faith. He says, Paul says, we believe that's why we spoke. He had the two components. He said, you have to believe something in your heart and you have to speak it. You know, you, you know where people like us are missing who's been taught more than anybody else? Is we quit speaking. You say, well, no, I, but, but I believe that. I, but you can say, but, I, but I, I believe in healing. That doesn't mean nothing. The faith says you have to believe it and speak it. You believe in it, doesn't work. It has to be spoken. That's, that's the kingdom law. That's in Mark chapter 4. It has to be spoken. You say, well, I, I'm a believer, so I thought Jesus would just take care of the situation. He won't. Yeah, but he said in his word, but, but he, he's not watching all, over all your situations without your cooperation of you believing, speaking as the end result with him. We work with him. We come in alignment with him. Well, here, here's one. The end of Mark chapter 4, he gets through teaching. They all go to the boat, get to the other side. The will of God's go to the other side. As soon as they get in the boat, what happens? Storm comes up. Who's sleeping? Jesus. He is. What's he doing about the storm while he's sleeping? Nothing. Is he getting involved in their problem? No, he's sleeping. Uh, the Amplified said it's a, a hur of hurricane proportions. And he's sleeping. Does he, without their waking him up, get up and do anything about the problem? No. 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 And neither is he going to do anything about yours. All right. That's right. See, you, you, you have to come into the situation. You, you, you have responsibility. Right. Right. You thought, well, I just thought I, I, you know, I signed up as a believer. <laughs> well, what do you believe? <laughs> Faith says, I believe, and therefore I sp speak. Speak. See, all your authority is tied up in that little member called your tongue. Yes. But just, you can speak without believing. It won't work. What do you believe? And are you speaking? it? For most people, they'll never do this because they're too lazy. Right. <laughs> most Christians are lazy. I know a bunch of them. They're all good people. And most Christians are absolutely carnal and lazy. Because they want to be entertained. They want to do things that's just entertainment. Have you ever thought about if you don't like doing this here, what are you going to do in heaven? I told Kristen yesterday, if there was a third option for carnal people that they didn't get, go to hell and get burned up, but they just lived and they could fish and hunt and do whatever and play tennis, whatever, and play golf, they would take it. They wouldn't go to heaven. I mean, if, if they never got to experience heaven, right? If they ever got to experience heaven, they would say this, right? But from, from right here saying, look, you ain't got to go to hell and you ain't got to go to heaven. God's got this place for y'all. 
Uh, it's Meathead Island, Carnival Island, <laughs> right? And y'all can go out here, y'all can hit the ball around and go skiing, and I can do this kind of stuff, and you can, you know, have you some uh, whatever you like to eat, whatever, and you just do it for eternity. Many Christians would pick that. Hmm? They would. That's right. That's right. Do, do you think God will have church services? Or he won't call them church. But do you think there'll be times? Oh, yes. Do you think you'll probably be coming? Yes. Do you think maybe it's an option? No. Hmm? Well, if you're too busy. I used to get real busy. 1990, uh, started church 95, uh, June 95. Uh, it's full time 11 months later. And I disobeyed to be that late because I got to look at the numbers, couldn't do it. So in 11 months after that, I was full time. And it was a challenge. It was a challenge to me because I, I was running the business. And I was running the business because of income, you know, work. And, uh, and I had a kid that was uh, eight, six, five, and one. I was 34, she was 32. We were busy. My, our business was open six days a week, and there were certain things that couldn't be done unless I was doing them. No one figured jobs but me, because no one could. I went out to every house, every construction site, gave all my information and come back and had to figure up everything and give quotes and deal with salesmen and all that kind of stuff. And I'm pioneering a church, and I got four kids to my waist and down. <clears throat> and people say, well, I can't make it to that service. Why? <laughs> it's, your, it, it's your business. Right. Well, you know, I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's a hard time for me. You created it. Oh, you're telling me the blessing of the Lord has blessed you so much that you can't show up. Is, is that what you're talking about? Then get rid of some business. Brother Graham prayed a prayer for someone this one time. He said, Lord, this is too much increase for him. He can't see himself paying tithe now on 10000 a week. Lord, take him back to 500 a week because he was okay with giving 50 And the guy said, no, 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 stop, stop. I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. I get it. <laughs> huh? <clears throat> I, I'm not trying to build a service. I, I, I'm just saying you're... you're you got this whole natural life, and if you don't watch it, you're going to get sucked into it. So if you don't like it here, you're going to like it in heaven? That's deep. Deep. Now, um, we only got a few minutes, so I was going to read from Daniel, but I'm not going to. He saw this Babylonian captivity, and they were still in captivity, and Daniel started to pray because of what he saw. Just like the disciples woke up Jesus and things began to happen. Daniel began to pray. If you ever read it, I think it's is it Daniel 9 or 10, somewhere in there. There's two prayers. You know, one, when I'm talking about the angel came immediately. The next chapter, I think he prayed and it took 21 days because of resistance, right? I, I, I guess, I don't know about the first prayer. I guess the, you know, all the demons was on the other side of the world. They didn't have time to get there. I don't know what it was. But anyway, but the first prayer, I've read the whole chapter. 
when Daniel begins to pray from beginning to end. I forget, it was like three or four minutes prayer. If you ever thought about it, in other words, it's recorded in Daniel what the whole prayer is. And while and when he's praying, if y'all want to do it just for a, just to know, just time yourself reading the prayer. And then get to the verse that says, and then the angel came while he's praying, and then look at your time. And so that prayer got answered in less than five minutes. And the angel's saying, uh, I'm here to bring answer to what you're praying. And so they came out of that captivity because Daniel pressed in to say what needed to be said. And find out the will of God. Well, last week we heard something about you, you were chosen by God. God, his hand picked you. That's exactly what God's wanting to say. I, I, I'm going to say this because I, I, I don't know how any of this will work out. Uh, this has been going on for years, but re something really happened, if nothing to no one else but to me a few weeks ago in here. There is a, a seed planted, and God will do things that have been spoken. You know, Isaiah talks about, I speak the end from the beginning, and then he goes back and chooses the person or people that he is to fulfill that thing. But, right. but in, in other words, it's, it, it's, it's purpose before production. Right. In other words, Ford has a need of, or Chevrolet has a need of this kind of car on the market. So that there, there has to be a purpose first. Right. So they said, it looks like there's a purpose and a plan for this, or there's a purpose for it. There's a need in the market. So we're going to do this and then we'll go back and put, and put the plan in place. But there has to be a purpose first. Right. So God has a purpose. And he said, and my, my wisdom and my counsel will stand forever. So he, his, his order is, I will declare to you the very end from the beginning. And then I'll go back to the beginning. In other words, I'll, I'll fill in every day, everything day, day be complete. And then once I'm complete with that plan, then I'll go back to day one. I'll grab the person or people that I choose to do it. And then I'll hit start. But it's already complete. Right. See what I'm saying? And so that's what happened when he was praying in Daniel. And that's what happened to uh, Saul of Tarsus when he got on the road to Damascus. Right. And God knocked him off of his horse. Jesus did and introduced himself to him in such a way. Kind of changed his life. And he left there a, a bit amazed and blind. Yes. Right? And then Ananias came and laid his hands on him. Ananias was a little worried about that because he said, you, you know, when some people have been, he's been killing folk. <laughs> you know, there ain't no secret. The man kills him. He's he taking some people out. And I'm just kind of thinking, when I lay hands on him, he can see you. Like, voila, he said, he see me. And then, uh, no, you know everything. Just thought I'd throw it in there. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> right? And he says, I'd be okay. Go ahead, lay hands on him. <clears throat> I bet he ran. I don't know. <laughs> For me, I think I'd have told him everything I needed to tell him. I said, now, I done told you all that. Did you get that? I turned, your head, I turned around. <laughs> and I'm going to lay my hands on you from the backside, and then I'm going to run like Job's turkey out the back door. <laughs> but you got everything you need to know. <clears throat> no, but he, so, I mean, can you see the human side of Ananias? I, I love it when the, the scripture tells us that because that means he's like us. Yes. You know, would you want to, you know, if you've got a guy who was a, a drive-by shooter or a mass murderer, a, a, a serial killer, when God tell you, go, go spend some time with him. You're like, yeah, well, yeah. You got 14 people in the freezer now, I heard. <laughs> Me and one army's going over there. <laughs> so that's the human side. So 
when God determines what he wants from the beginning, then he drops the seed in. Yes. You see it in Mark chapter 4? Yes. Now what's the purpose of the seed? To bring a harvest. So he goes ahead and drops the For us most time it comes in a prophetical word. It's in the scripture, but God puts things in your heart and then he'll send people by to talk to you about that. The word, you've heard me say this many times, the, the prophetical word never matches the day. Very few times it does ever match the day. God will declare something to you. I said on this stage years ago, we hadn't been here very long. And it comes sometimes with such that you feel like he's talking about right now. Right. And he's not. You say, well, that was 12 years ago. Do you know what 12 years is to God? That's it. So if 12 years went by, I mean, like I said, you know, if you live to be 120, I always say God's got shoelaces on his tennis shoes older than that. So that's not really impressive that you lived 120. So God will send someone by and drop a seed. So I, I was kind of a little frustrated this morning at home. I was like, you know, it's, it's like church time and I ain't got nothing. I got, I got nothing. I get more time to study in prayer this week and I have a long time. I got nothing, nothing. I said, no, I've been here a lot of times, but I don't like being here. I don't like this. I'm, I'm, more, I'm more or less a teacher. I want to tell me what I, I want something. <laughs> you said you would if you was up here, right? So you can kind of understand. So 10, 13, <clears throat> well, at home, he says, um, you have a prophecy. I said, I do. He said, it's from three years ago. It came out of a time of spontaneous worship. He said, when God was the prophetic word. He said, this purpose is my purpose and it will stand. He said, I sent you a word last week of being handpicked and chosen. Listen to my purpose again. Do not look around the room to determine if that's possible, if it's working. Right. So, I think, uh, so that was this morning, so Christian had to run, go do this. This is a service on uh, September the 27th, 2014, which is a long ways off from God. And a seed was dropped. It was already in there, but some, the seed was already there. Uh, I knew about this a lot in 2005. 2005, God gave me a sabbatical. I didn't even know what it was about. I was totally, I didn't even know why I was taking a sabbatical. But many things of this is what he gave me in 2005. So I don't know the day, the time, nor the hour, but I know this is a picture of what it looks like. And can we turn off... Uh, the lights up here. This only lasts for like five minutes and that's about how much time we have. So, um, Brother Wynn was sitting over here with his guitar. Gwenda had been singing with him a lot of their music. Uh, I actually have this on video, but we're not showing the video. And, uh, and then she stopped singing with him because his, his, this was no longer a song he was singing it out on his guitar, but it was prophetical to us and about the state of Alabama. Some of it was to the state. This is not just us. This is to the state. 
But this is very much included in us as a church, as a body, okay? Amen. Not me, as, as, as a church, right? And so, uh, uh, so I think we're going to bring this in at the place to where they're kind of, they're kind of through singing their songs. Gwenda realizes uh, this is not one of our songs. So she kind of sits back and, you know, goes like this. And uh, Brother Wynn just ministers to us a prophetic word by song. Then, once it's received, right? Good ground does what? It, it takes, receives, welcomes it. And then the progression is germination time. The word went in. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. Then everybody could say, oh, I always saw that coming. <laughs> Amen. Well, that's all I have. And uh, if you want to hang on to that, you can. If not, you can just leave the chair beside you. Uh, I think it's many times good to go back and remind ourselves as this morning. Uh, a lot of you was in that meeting, but I, I doubt you remember that much. And uh, that's important to this state and to us as a body. Amen? Amen. Well, uh, yeah, so Wednesday, uh, 6.15, uh, doors will be open. And uh, you can come anywhere from there to 7. We're going to have, like Michelle said, a few finger foods and then uh, up to about 7. And we'd like to move in here at 7, no more than 5 after. And we have... Uh, something we want to uh, show you about the uh, concerns of the America and the fourth. And uh, I believe it'll be good for you. So hope you can come. Look forward to seeing you then. Y'all have a great day in Jesus. Call you blessed. Amen.